Hello and welcome, everyone. Once again, Paul and I, we're back and we're talking sports. I'm Jason. That's Paul. How's it going, guys? And it's another day in September, one week of the NFL in the books. We had the U.S. Open, college football going crazy. What did we watch this past week, Paul? All right, so we're going to start briefly with the U.S. Open. Uh, On the men's side, Carlos Alcaraz, who a lot of the tennis experts I heard the last couple weeks uh, think he's going to be the next uh, superstar on the men's side, uh, won his first major. And then on the women's side, Iga Swatek. I believe that's how you pronounce her last name. Um, she won her third major on the women's side. Uh, both uh, tremendous young players. And with just watching the last couple weeks of the U.S. Open, even with Serena bowing out, um, Ash Barty said she's retired. Uh, no one really knows what's going on with uh, Naomi Osaki. And then on the men's side, Fetters, I maybe Wimbledon next year he can make a run. Nadal's getting up there. He went down in the third round of the U.S. Open. Uh, Djokovic. Again, I think he's got a few years left, but he's getting up there. But just watching the U.S. Open the last couple weeks, there's there's a lot of young talent on both sides, and tennis is going to be in a good place for a long time. I don't think there's going to be anything resembling what the last basically 20 years was with the big three. And then Serena and Venus obviously dominating the last 20 years. But there's, I think tennis is in a really good place going forward, even without the the big guns kind of retiring or bowing out. I think tennis is in a pretty good space. Yeah, I would agree. It looks that way. And we've touched on this, uh, particularly, I believe it was the past Wimbledon, that we talked about this how there's got to be some new blood coming up that's you know because if these guys all retire uh, we could be looking at a new boxing situation where there's just no life coming in but it's good to see good tennis coming from you know no names it's a it's actually a really good thing for the sport in this case and it's not always great for you know sports when people if you look at the major sports, you know, you have like a, what, uh, like a Royals, I don't know, what's a small national, national Royals, Diamondbacks, World Series, nobody's watching that, and the MLB is worried about it, but this is a situation in tennis where it's good to have that kind of problem, and yeah, I agree, it, it looks at least at the moment that uh, particularly the women's game, looks healthy yeah i i i agree um so we'll move on to uh college football 
the second week of college football, which on paper we had kind of talked about last week was on paper didn't look like there was going to be a whole lot of good games, a lot of blowouts, a lot of the after the first week of big uh, matchups. Uh, the one uh, big one that we had talked about last week, Alabama over Texas. I, I don't think either of us thought that was going to be a close game. Texas lost 20 to 19, but had a few opportunities to put that game away. Alabama kicked a field goal with uh, th- 18 seconds left and uh, Ewers, Texas's uh, very hyped uh, quarterback went down in the third quarter, but that was a really fun game. And if Bam would have would have lost that, I mean, that would have shaken up college football. They hang on for the win, but Nick Saban's got some uh, coaching points this week. We'll say that. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not worried about it. Alabama. I don't think anybody is or should be. They'll be fine. They won the game, and in six weeks, nobody's really going to be thinking about this because they'll, or six, eight weeks, because they'll probably be the only one of three undefeated teams left. And nobody, Texas will probably be all right too. So it's, this isn't going to be a big deal in the long run. It's just one of those week two storylines because there isn't much else going on, and you didn't really have a lot of other surprises. So, yeah, it's just one of those. I mean, <laughs> Oregon, Oregon put up seventy. Is that a surprise? <laughs> like, I guess Utah I mean, after, did too. After the way their I offense, didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't see Utah also put up seventy. So, <laughs> yeah, those are kind of surprising because you usually don't see <laughs> that that high of a score against a cupcake. But yeah. There, yeah, there wasn't I, much I, else to talk about, so everybody's looking right at that. Yeah, Alabama I mean, game. that was the big one. And I, I think for Texas's, from pre- Texas's perspective, I think that even in the loss, I think it it does a lot of good for this season going forward that you punched with Alabama, you walked out, Yes, with the loss, but I think as a program, you have to feel good about yourself going forward. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. Um, the There was other two or three huge upsets, two huge upsets. One, uh, we'll, we'll start with the the Badgers going down to uh, Washington state, 17 to 14. Graham Mertz was okay. 227 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. The running game didn't look great. I mean, it's kind of the same problems that the Badgers have had for a couple years. They're, their offense is a little inconsistent. Their their defense is always going to be there, and their run game is always, usually always there. But that was the issue last year: is their run game would 
not disappear, but not be the the driving force that it usually is. And if when that happens, Mertz with all the accolades he had going in a couple of years ago is showing that he might not be a quarterback that can actually put a team on his back if the other aspects aren't there. And Badgers have New Mexico this week, and then they go to Ohio State. And I'm worried. I'm worried about that game and what Ohio State's going to do to us. But again, the Badgers. They're probably going to win the West, but they're going to get blown blown out by Ohio State again in the championship game, and that's just kind of where they are as, as a program right now. And I don't know. There's that's where they are, I guess. So yeah, and they haven't. Then that's where they've been for a really long time. They they've been since oh Christ, twenty years that I can remember probably longer. It's just been that team that could get almost there and then can't quite ever get over the hump. It's just that's their thing. That's the Badgers. And that's and that's going to be a problem for them going forward to even for recruiting and trying to get players in. You know, now that uh, name, image, and likeness is a thing and that pool, you know, theoretically – should be bigger for more schools to get involved in recruiting better players. They can look at a team like Wisconsin and just be like, well, I don't want to just almost get there. (laughs) Right. This is, this is a theme for them. And it's something that needs to be addressed. They need better quarterback play. I don't think Graham Mertz might be, I don't know. I don't know what to say because he looked so good for the first, like, what, six games of his career? Yeah. And then he hasn't looked good at all since. So I don't know what happened, but that's got to get addressed. And, you know, linemen, and that's the thing, linemen and running backs can get you there, but they'll never. They're not going to put you over the top. No, exactly. They need quarterback play. That year with they had with Russell Wilson was as close as they've been in ages you a know. long time mm-hmm. yes so we had two other uh big upsets this week uh we had marshall taking down notre dame 26 to 21 after they go to ohio state last week played a very competitive game but ohio state won in the end uh it's their first the uh, first coach to go 0-3 start in Notre Dame history, if you include the bowl game last year that they lost. Notre, I, I don't want to panic. I mean, after losing to Ohio State, a lot of people thought that was going to happen. Losing to Marshall is another matter. Mm. And I'm not crying tears about it because I'm not a fan of Notre Dame, but they they got to start looking better than they're playing right now, especially with a new coach. 
that comes in after Brian Kelly goes to LSU. You gotta you gotta get start getting some wins at Notre Dame if you're gonna want to be there for a few years. They'll but Notre Dame is one of those programs that will keep you on for yes. You know they'll give you the chance to really prove that you're not capable of being their coach before they fire you. We'll see. Uh, so I'm not that, and this is one of those things. If it was like a different school or different program, might be like, yeah, this guy's really gotta, you know, work it out quick. But it, it's a situation where you can take your time. That's Notre Dame. That's what they do. So he, it's no rush. He, there's plenty of time, and I'm sure they'll figure it out. They've got the talent. So it's just a matter of getting guys to execute. College is different in, than the NFL in that way. If you can get the better talent to execute better, you're going to win like pretty much every time. That's what Nick Saban does for a living. He gets the best talent he in the country to perform as, you know, better than anyone else to execute more cleanly and to execute properly. That's how he wins games. <laughs> you know, that's, that's how the college game is mm-hmm. shaped. Yes. Uh, one, one team that has all the talent in the world um, Texas A&M, they've had the mm. a top three, I believe, recruiting class the last five years. Uh, Appalachian State, after the wild barn burner against North Carolina last week, goes into College Station, pulls another epic upset, 17 to 14. I think we all remember when they went into Michigan. I think it was 15 years ago and pulled that one. They mm. uh, pull another one out. And AM, we were just talking about the uh, patience that Notre Dame's going to have with Marcus Freeman. Jimbo Fisher is in year five at AM. They are paying him a boatload of money. And he has a worse record than Kevin Sumlin at this time when AM fired him. Jimbo Fisher's got to figure this out or he's not going to be long for the job. Right. This is like the exact opposite problem that Freeman has <laughs> in Notre Dame. There's, I don't, I'm a little surprised they didn't just can him after that game. But. I mean, man, if they lose another game, like who are they? I didn't check who they were playing next week. Let me just. Oh, they uh, got NC State next week. Play, no, they're playing. Oh, no, sorry, that's Miami. Texas Tech. Yes, sorry, they're playing Miami. So, if, I, and that's not and that's not an easy game either. So I don't want to say he has to win that game, but he kind of has to win that game. Not maybe to save his job, but to save the season. You know, oh, absolutely. If they go, if they go, start the season one and two with all everything that they have to go through with in with the SEC season, because they don't play another. I mean, then they got Arkansas, then they got Mississippi State. Which they're not ranked, but that's not going to be an easy game. That's still an SEC team. Oh man, Alabama! After that, I mean, if they don't figure, if he, if they don't start playing better, he could be like one and six 
very very easily easily and <laughs> just wow just wow oh boy i don't know man he i don't know if he can it, nothing they've done in his in the, his time there has shown that they can really do anything so no i, I mean he's he's shown he can recruit but you have when you have all that talent, like we were just talking about with Saban, you have to do something with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing to bring the guys in, but if you can't make them a unit on the field, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, and is it can he is it that he's not developing these players, these athletes? Is it not, is it that he can't get them to execute? Is it that his playbook is garbage? Like, I don't know. But he should he should know, and he needs to figure it out and fix it. Absolutely. Uh, one other game that uh, did lead to a firing: uh, Nebraska loses to Georgia State, and Scott Frost. Uh, if they would have been at Georgia State, he probably wouldn't have been on the plane, but. I'm guessing he probably wasn't allowed back in the locker room after that because, and I I don't know what Nebraska does. I mean, they're, they had from the sixties to the nineties, they were one of the most dominant programs in college football. And I don't know what they do. I don't know how you fix that situation. Well, with Nebraska, think about the way that they, Nebraska has always played. And back in the day, when it was all, you know, the mythical football field amidst the corn farms, you just gave the, you, you ran the option and you either ran it with your quick quarterback, you pitched it to your fast running back, or you handed it to your bowling ball fullback behind these five, like, gigantic dudes and you just ran it until you won a championship that (laughs) that game don't play anymore that's not how college football works now it's all vertical it's all passing it's uh like if you look at the teams that have traditionally run option and the way that nebraska has always played they it's like army and stuff air force it's, i mean these aren't teams that are vying for national championships and if they want to be the football program that's just like we run the traditional you know football and i'm not saying that they necessarily do that now but talking about you know them being a great program this is where all that came from and if it would be cooler if they would just embrace that and be that program that still runs like the old school, like nowadays, like a D2 style, D3 style college football offense. And if they could embrace that, that would be sweet, but they're somewhere in the middle and it's not only making them a, like it's keeping that not only keeping them from being a winning program, but it's also kind of making them less likable because they just look bad. And that's, I think, Nebraska is a program that is struggling and they need to do something. They need to be able to modernize that program. I I think you bring up a really good point there that the, the modernization, but just the, 
the holding on to what they were in a college football universe that doesn't play like that anymore. I think that's a really good point, actually. Well, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think you summed it up brilliantly. I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say besides that. I mean, well, that's right. just how I see Nebraska. And I, I, before we move on, there is one other game that I would be I remiss to mention. Oh yes, Kentucky beat Florida, and yes. that's not like a huge deal, like ranking wise, because Kentucky has been up. But Kentucky, I just want to say, like they have been so bad at football for so long that it's super weird to be like watching TV or watching a football game and seeing ads for like this Saturday, Kentucky football. Like what people are advertising for Kentucky football and you look like, Holy crap. They're ninth in the country. And to, to your point, they did up until I believe it was five years ago. They had lost to Florida 31 straight games. So <laughs> to your point, I mean, yeah, it's and it I I like that. That's what I like about college football, I think the most is watching these teams that have been downtrodden for so long have a run of success. And does it mean Kentucky's gonna win the national title next three years? Probably mm-hmm. not. But are they gonna be able to get into say the sugar ball this year or the cotton ball sure sure why not yeah come in like second or third in one of the sec divisions that's a bowl game man yeah that's in a, in a decent one too it's not going to be like the emerald peanuts bowl you know no absolutely the car quest bowl or the <laughs> jesus midas gold touch bowl the Papa John's Bowl. Oh, jeez. I hope they don't have a Papa John's Bowl anymore. There is a Papa John's Bowl. Oh, Christ. <laughs> of course there is. All right. Anything else before we move on to the big show? No. I think that covers everything uh, but the important stuff being NFL Week 1 Recap Week 2 Preview for you. Well, Uh, to you, where do you want to start from this pretty crazy week one of the NFL? Yeah, I mean, let's start with Thursday. Let's just start with Thursday and go from there with, with the Bills and the uh, the Bills and the Rams. Not turning out the way I expected it to. I I thought it would at least be close. I I didn't expect that either. Buffalo just completely dominated that game from the word go. I mean, it yes, it was 10 to 10, 10 at halftime, but the Rams in that second half didn't look like they had made the playoffs last year, mm-hmm. let alone won the Super Bowl. Yeah, they almost looked tired. It, it was a little weird, yeah. And we'll get to that theme in a minute of teams that basically shut down during the uh, preseason because there's a few examples that we have this week. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know if the Bills are just that good, but I didn't expect 
the Bills going to go into LA and win by 21. No, I, but they certainly looked apart, right? Like now all the hype, all the hype going in on the Bills into into this game, they they lived right up to it. Yes, they did. And I Von Miller had I know at least one sack. He had a few pressures uh, coming over from the Rams to the Bills this year. Their defense looks great. Uh, Josh Allen, especially in that second half, looked unstoppable. Their running game didn't exactly show up. Uh, Josh Allen was their leading rusher for the game, but that'll come around. And I, Bill's looking, Bill's look incredible mm. after Week One. Yeah, it looks like they haven't like they're picking up right where they left off at the end of last year. Yeah. All right, so um, I guess we'll start with uh, my Packers not looking great in Minnesota at all. I guess. Um, <laughs> That's yeah. Basically, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't. There's not that their offense looked bad. They let Justin Jefferson do, do whatever he wanted. He had, I think, 154 yards in the first half, two touchdowns. I, I don't know. I guess the two biggest questions coming out of that for me for. Uh, Matt LaFleur, why is J- uh, Jair Alexander not covering Justin Jefferson? I, I don't even mean you have to go full man, but he had he covered him twice on two routes the whole game. Mm-hmm. And then the other question is, how do the running backs only have 23 touches between them when you know you are going to have to lean on them, especially with Lazard out for the first game, with Christian Watson dropping that sure touchdown the first drive, which I don't know how much it affected the game, but I think it affected it to at least some respect. They, the Packers looked like garbage game one against the Saints last year. I'm not terribly concerned about it. I think they'll get it together, but not a look great look for game one. No, not at all, <laughs> to be honest with you. Like, the... They just didn't look polished. And I think this is I think this is a problem with the whole preseason change. Like we need a game where the starters play like a half. Like that was a thing. It, we don't mm-hmm. need four games week, week, necessarily. Week three, it always was. Yep. Yep. And then you give them off week four, you know, and let the guys who are trying to fight for a roster spot play the whole game. Like that was the rhythm and it made sense. 
and it, particularly with guys like uh, who guys who really wanted to play like a Brett Favre or a Dan Marino who are just like I want to play the whole fucking preseason you know <laughs> they, they just want the ball mm-hmm. they they you give them that that third game you let them play give them the week off and then they come out week one and they're just banging like you don't you saw all sorts of weird stuff happening this week with uh, you know with all sorts of offenses not in not all of them but all sorts of them and i i think we this is a result this these week one weirdoms are a result of the changes in the preseason format and the coaches need to adjust they, they have less time to make their decisions on these players but at the same time, the way that the practice squad rules work now, they can just put a guy in the practice squad. So there's like 20 spots that they're not necessarily losing a guy. He's just not on the roster. So they need to adjust, make the adjustment to be able to make the decision on these players to fill their roster and still give their starters a chance to take a shot to give your quarterback, you know, get your quarterback on his back a couple times before it actually matters, you know, get, get your, get the momentum going on your defense before you actually start keeping score. Take advantage of the fact that preseason games don't count. Well, and exactly. I mean, it was, it, when it was four preseason games, it was always week three. I don't understand why it can't be week two that yeah maybe they play a quarter instead of a half but i don't know how many times i've heard players talk about the need the the benefit of being hit a few times in the preseason before the games actually matter get your body get hit a few times go to the ground a few times get that I mean, just that getting ready for the season and we did, I agree. We just don't have that. And it, it showed week one, I think of a few different times. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not just in the Packers game. And I mean, think about it. If you're a quarterback, if you're Aaron Rodgers, he, he could say all the, you know, talk all the smack he wants about doing shaman stuff and oh i've been around whatever and all these platitudes and whatever he's spewing out but if he (laughs) like the first time he hit the ground was in the middle of the first game of the season Mm -hmm. that shouldn't be the case like think about you you're 38 or whatever you know upper 30s and you take a shot you haven't taken a shot to the chest in like six months and then somebody just like blasts you, puts you on your back. You're, it's going to be like, oh, Jesus. You're going to feel yeah, it. Yeah, you're going to feel it. Yeah. You're going to get up and be like, oh, I forgot what that was like. This, oh, Christ. We're doing this again for four months. Or four and a half before they lose in the second round of the playoffs. So, like, <laughs> sorry. So, the i think it's important for these things to happen and i think week one especially and it's not just the packers but it's very obvious with the packers in the last few years and Mm -hmm. it and it's but it's a it's a problem with the entire league where a lot of these teams are struggling yeah i agree um 
Well, uh, so where else do you want to go here? Okay, uh, yeah. We got the Browns and Panthers, which was an engaging game. Uh, yes. Not exactly a great played game, but... No. It was engaging. You had the Browns winning over the Panthers. Uh, Baker Mayfield couldn't quite get it done against his old team. Uh, you had the Bears <laughs> over the Niners, which was awesome. That was one of the surprises of the week for sure. Now, again, not a super great game to watch, but like I mean, it, I mean, it was fun to it watch. It was fun, right? yeah. But that that rain definitely—I don't know if you can. You didn't really learn learn, learn about... a lot from either of those teams. Exactly. From that game, but... Exactly. Uh, what else happened? Steelers beat, beating the Bengals. That, that was, was a wild game. The Lions giving the Eagles everything they could. It's kind of the result. I don't think anybody really expected the Lions to win, but like to put up they, a fight. They fought, you know. they fought for sure. Mm-hmm. What else? I mean, Colts, You're... Texans, <laughs> the tie. What a joke. <laughs> um, your, your Dolphins looked great against mm-hmm. the Patriots. They sure did. They um, sure did. Ty- Tyree Kill, I mean, he's going to fit in there. Very nice. Oh yeah. They and again, be... we. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, we had talked about last week that the. I don't. I don't know. The the Patriots. I think they're going to be in trouble this year. Mm-hmm. I. Yeah. Yeah, it's not looking great. Uh, let's see what else interesting happened. Giants beat the Titans. That was a shock for that, sure. Well, that game just was ugly. Like, neither team, they're both, I don't know how good the Titans are anymore. For real. Their defense just isn't that good. Like, yeah. for a team that's set up the way they are on offense, they need to be a good defensive team, and they're not. I so, think they're going to miss A.J. Brown a lot this year. Yeah, they're, they're going to realize that that's, like, the only read. Like, they, without that additional threat, it's it's not i mean derrick henry will get his but it's not going to be like he's going to get 2100 yards or something like that's just not going to happen without having anybody to throw to mm-hmm. uh let's see chiefs put their chiefs put the uh smack down on the cardinals yes they did uh, uh so do we want to look at it from perspective of the chiefs are that good or the cardinals are way overrated this year because i I, I did not like what I saw from the Cardinals in that game. Yeah, I think the Cardinals will – I think this is more of the Chiefs are just – they're still the Chiefs, personally. I mean, the Cardinals have their issues for sure, but those aren't issues that we didn't know were already there. Like, the defense isn't super great. They'll get uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins back eventually. So, I mean, they still put up 21. It wasn't – you know, it's not yeah, great, I guess but... I, w- I would tend to agree with that. I think that says more about how good the Chiefs are, but still, still worrisome for the Cardinals, mm-hmm. I think, a little bit. Um, Justin Herbert looked great in uh, the Chargers win against the Raiders, and then the Buccaneers. Didn't look great, no. but they didn't really have to. No. Wow, did the Cowboys look bad. Well, they just had, like, 
like the worst game ever. Like they just not only did they, like Dak Prescott breaking his hand is like not great, but even before he did that, he looked awful. Like he was missing wide open receivers. He he looked like he didn't really know what he was doing. It was it was ugly. It was really bad. And then he broke his hand. So it's okay. Maybe we'll. Well, Cooper Rush is not going to be the answer there. The no. defense looked pretty all right. I mean, I don't know if that's just a result of the Buccaneers' offensive line being Swiss cheese, but the, their defense looked pretty okay. So they've got that going for them. So if they can keep, I mean, if they can keep teams under twenty points like this, they're going to have a chance for yeah. sure. But. I mean, look at it this way. They they only scored a one field goal and still held the other team under 20 points. That's pretty good. That says something, yeah. you know. Yeah. You still got to score more than three points. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And so here, let's now, before we move on to yesterday's game, who do, what do the Cowboys do at quarterback for the next two months? Because Dak Prescott's not going to be back to for at least six weeks, probably eight months. So what six, do they do? Eight, eight weeks. Jer- Jerry Jerry said he could be back after four today, but I think oh, that's just that's... Jer- that's just Jerry being Jerry. Yeah, it's six to eight um, weeks. Yeah, I I think if you want to save this season, I think you almost have to get a hold of San Francisco and see if they're gonna what they're going to do with Garoppolo. But if you're San Francisco, I don't know if you make that move either until you have a few weeks of Trey Lance in an actual game, not a monsoon to see what he has. And I think that's why San Fran did what they did is because I don't think they have full trust in Trey Lance yet. Other than that, I don't know what you could do. Who else is out there? I mean, are you going to bring in Kaepernick? I mean, that's, gonna... <laughs> that would be cool. I would be cool, but I don't. I don't know what else you can do. One... I don't know if there is a move to make. Well, one thing I did read earlier today. I wish I could remember who it was, but I believe it was a Sports Illustrated uh, article. They mentioned Andy Dalton. And the Saints. He was their backup. He, he for played for years. them a couple years ago when Dak went down. It would be a super easy transition. He already knows Mike McCarthy's offense. They only need him for seven games. Yeah. And if he could go three and four, that puts him at like three and five. Three and five? You're not. I mean, in that division. Yeah, unless... exactly. You don't have to have a winning record. It does. Your record doesn't matter. You just have to win that division. Yeah. So if and if they're three and five, there's a very good chance that the division leader at in week eight is going to be four and four or four and worse. Probably, probably, <laughs> probably the Eagles, but <laughs> right. So there's a. I mean they don't need to make a move for a guy like Garoppolo. Cause it's almost like he's too good for them to actually pay the money for him. And then also be getting Dak back halfway through the season. It's almost like there's too much 
season left potentially for when Dak comes back for them to really pay for Garoppolo's services. Because if Garoppolo comes in, how many wins over Andy Dalton are you getting? Like, say Andy Dalton goes three and three and four, is Garoppolo going to get you four and three? Four four and three, maybe one one win. One win. I mean, is that worth which would the extra it's going to cost you to bring him in and the extra headache that you're going to have to deal with as soon as your season ends, which will be week 17 because the Cowboys are the Cowboys. Yeah. But like as soon as that happens, if you have Garoppolo on your roster and Dak Prescott and they don't make the playoffs, dude, dude. People like us all over the country are going to be talking about whether or not Dallas is going to keep Dak Prescott. And I don't think Jerry Jones wants to deal with that. I don't think he does either. I I don't think one win is worth that. No, that's, that's a, that's a very fair point. I, and I, I like the, I like the Dalton. If they bring Dalton, then I think they could, they could be three and four in the seven weeks, be three and five, not out of it, unless the Eagles go on some kind of run where they go six and three. I mean, one game difference. I don't know if that I mean, makes and, a whole lot of difference, but. And the Eagles, they're one of those, they could actually do pretty well, but it's the NFC East and the Eagles aren't a proven commodity either. They've got a lot of potential. Yes. But I mean, the commanders have a lot of, have potential with Carson Wentz too, but look, we're not getting anything out of them. They, they limped past the Jaguars. So it's not like there's no, there's potential in there, more potential in the NFC East than we've seen in a handful of years, but there's no reason for me to believe that anyone, any one of them will be more than better than four and four come week eight. Yeah, I I would tend to agree with that. Um, so we had one uh, one other game Monday night. Russell Wilson going home to Seattle, and do you want to do you want to start with? Yeah, I'll do it. The, the end because like, well, <sighs> yeah, yeah, just yeah, we'll start with the end. Yeah, t- take it, take it away. Oh, geez, yeah, they kicked <laughs> what go to kick a sixty-four yard field goal in Seattle. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Who is their kicker, anyways? Is it McManus? McManus, yeah. <sighs> Who does have a strong leg? Yeah, but... sixty. I mean, he's still. That's not giving your team a chance to win, in my opinion. Like, that's not good enough odds. No, and. Well, the so the breakdown that I heard was fourth and five, you have about a 45% chance of making it. With the 64-yard field goal, it was about a 10% chance. Yeah, that that's – oh, wow. I, I would like to – yeah, that whatever you got that from, that's – yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you, you have a much better chance of making a fourth and five than you do of making a 64-yard field goal. Thank you. That's – and that's basically – and. It shouldn't even come down to that. I did. If you listen to my last this episode last week, it was me talking about how that was the dumbest and Monday Monday night football choice of all time. 
and that the Broncos were going to win by 60, and it was going to be a game you want to turn off halfway through the first quarter. And it wasn't, you know, obviously. And a lot of that, it wasn't like, but it's not like it was a great game either. No. It was turnovers. It was bad decisions. It was, it was ugly football. Going back to my prior point, people are, these guys aren't prepared to play regular season football yet. They're just not. And you saw it. And, ugh. And I, I don't take back what I said. It was still a terrible Monday night football game. Like, yes. think about how cool a Chargers-Raiders Monday night football week one game would have been. That Put that game on Monday night. Oh, dude. Yep. Well, and I guess my, the, the point I'd want to bring up is you trade heaven and earth to bring in Russell Wilson. You pay him a quarter of a billion dollars and you still don't trust him to get five yards when they had 440 yards of offense in the game. What, what are you bringing in Russell Wilson? If you don't let him try to pick up those five yards, dude, that is such a good point too. I, I don't understand it. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, how else do you need to put it? He's literally the re that those situations are the reason you brought him in. And then you're just not going to pull the trigger on it. Why? Cause it's week one. There's a lot of football left. Come on, man. Think about the situation. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it was a, it was a nutless call. Yes, absolutely. And I, again, I, I go back to, the Super Bowl that Pete Carroll lost for them with that just horrendous mm. call to pass when you had Marshawn Lynch at the one yard line. <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett, I, I understand this is his first head coaching game, but you have to understand you, you're Again, I go back to the fact that you paid this guy a quarter billion dollars, traded away how many draft picks to bring him in for this situation. I, I don't see any other way around it. I, I think it's just a really just dumb play. Yeah. And it, it like I, I, they shouldn't have even been in that situation in the first place if they don't if they don't turn the ball over. Well, they fumbled twice at the goal line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They should have been up. <laughs> they should have been up two scores and like down, like kneeling on it. I don't know. It's again, these guys just aren't ready to play football yet. Well, hopefully, but with week one in the books, hopefully week two is better. Week two, yes. And uh, we have Thursday. right off the oh, yeah. right off the bat, we have uh, Chargers Chiefs on Amazon Prime Video, the newest uh, sponsor of the NFL. Well, they've been a sponsor for a few years, but they have their their own game on Thursday night now. So, if you want to watch it, you'll have to get Amazon Prime, unfortunately, <laughs> but. 
Uh, we have that's going to be a lot of fun to start off the week. Yeah, Chargers Chiefs, man. It's I mean, these games are supposed these Thursday night games are always supposed to be divisional matchups, but you'd end up with like the worst ones. Mm-hmm. This is this is one of those like you can't go wrong this year in the AFC West. Like no. there are no bad. They're all great games. You could put them all on primetime. And you got they're both 1 and 0. We're going to see what each team is made of real early. I expect the Chiefs to win, but I I they're f- uh favored by 4 right now in Vegas. And it is in Kansas City, yeah. yeah. So they're getting the what the uh, home team 3 and then the uh, the home team 3, yeah. And then an extra but... point cuz they're better. <laughs> But I, I do, I do think that's that could be a potential for a thirty-eight, thirty-five kind of shootout. I sure. could easily see that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, moving to Sunday, we have Jets, Browns, yeah, Commanders, mm-hmm. Lions, yeah, yeah, Buccaneers, Saints, could <sighs> be, could be good. That's one of those you watch and then see if that you don't watch it, but then you check back later to see if it was good. Yeah. Uh, Panthers, Giants, yeah. Patriots, Steelers. At one yeah. time, that was an awesome game. Yeah. Well, if this was, well, if this is like 2002, that's a really awesome game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Colts, Jaguars. That there's some intrigue there just because of how the Jaguars <laughs> ended the Colts uh, season last year. Well, that and the Jag, like the Colts are, <laughs> had that icky tie against the Texans. Yeah, man, still these guys just are not ready to play football yet. I mean, no. how do you, if you're the Colts, how do you have Jonathan Taylor go absolutely ballistic? You got Michael Pittman catching and running all over the place and you still managed to tie a game against the Texans. Like it's boggles the mind. It was ugly. And they needed a comeback in the fourth quarter to even tie it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Probably the best game of the opening slate. Uh, Dolphins Ravens should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Hopefully Uh, the Dolphins continue that momentum. Yeah. I'd hate for them to be like, yeah, all this hype. And we went out and, Put the put the wood to the Patriots a little bit, and then just absolutely get like get their teeth knocked out by the Ravens. That'd be a real real downer. I don't really see a chance of that happening, but I just I mean there is a chance. It's, po- of that it's possible. Yeah, I'm not saying there's not, but the Ravens are the kind of team that could just do that. So it worries me a little bit. Uh, we have. Uh, Falcons Rams coming into the three o'clock slate or four o'clock if you're on the East Coast. Uh, Falcons Rams, I expect the Rams just to come out and if they're a playoff, high playoff caliber team, this is a game, especially coming off a loss like that, that they should just come out and just completely dominate. Yeah. Absolutely. The if it's if this is at all even close to the same Rams team that came out and won the Super Bowl last year, they should win that game by thirty. If they don't, 
even if they do win it and it's just but it's just like a 20 to 17 like eh, i think that's i'm starting to worry about the Rams. that's that's worrisome for sure uh seahawks 49ers again i don't know that team intriguing it shouldn't be good but what do i know (laughs) right yeah uh Bengals cowboys on again on paper but cincinnati's uh seven and a half point favorites at jerry world so uh yeah i think that as you will i think the Bengals will come out and win that game by two scores i think the 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 steelers with mike tomlin they're just gonna play their they play their division teams hard they always do they're scrappy and well coached that way yeah so i i think this will be the game of bengals like kind of quiets everybody down they they <laughs> they're about to face a like a, a very wounded animal <laughs> so yes. they're basically going to be beating a dead horse they, they should they should win by like four scores but i don't know yeah um Broncos Texans again. This is a game that if the Broncos are what we think they are, they should just come out and absolutely dominate this game. Also, again, they're favored by ten at home. This one should not be close. You wouldn't think. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals uh, Raiders. Again on paper. A pretty fun game. Raiders favored by six at home. But again, there's a, a lot of... The, it, I think we're going to learn a lot about these two teams from this game. I agree with that. And I think six is a little steep. I do think the Raiders are, you know, win. But uh, I think the Cardinals are better than what we saw last week. And I think the Raiders... You know, it, like you said, it's gonna. We're gonna find out if the Cardinals are who we say they are, as well as the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, Sunday night, uh, Bears week in uh, with those Scots and neck of the woods. Uh, at home, Packers are favored by ten. Again, on paper, this should not be close, but. It is Packers Bears. There's always weird things that happen. I think the Packers should win that game by 14 plus. But after after should. the way the Packers week looked week one, I have a lot more questions than I did before that game. Again, yeah. It, yeah. Does the defense is, you know, we didn't learn much about the Bears last week. Is is that Packers defense going to be able to, you know, rein in the Bears? <laughs> Probably, you know, I, I don't think the Packers should have much trouble, especially in Green Bay. I think uh, Justin Fields is going <laughs> to struggle just, you know, he's, he's basically a rookie quarterback. Yeah. And he's going into Lambeau trying to win a game week two after really not. Ha- Can you even say he played like it? Sure. He played some football. It was like a preseason game. 
that <laughs> that Bears Niners game last week was like the perfect last preseason game. Yeah, it's, it was I, it just kinda, like kind of was. You know, it the score didn't really matter because like it was so hard to score anyway. That you know they won, they lost. It's what can you say about it? It was just good practice getting out there, getting my feet wet, <laughs> you <Yep>. know? <laughs> so maybe the Bears come out and they're ready to roll, you know? They, they could come up here. I don't – even if they do come up ready to go, I don't know that they win the game. I, I think they just – the Packers are going to settle down and they're going to be fine probably, I guess. You know, they'll run the ball a little more. They probably won't feel like they have to throw because they won't be down the whole game. They'll, I think things will return back to earth for Sunday night. I, I think that I think and hope they do. Uh, Monday, we have uh, Titans Bills, which again on paper is a really fun game. Buffalo's favored by 10 at home in that one. That's that line seems a little high to me. But the way the Bills played and the way the Titans played last week, it d- doesn't fully surprise me. But mm. yeah, I, same. I, if this had been Week One, I would have wondered. But having seen the way both teams played last week, I could see why that. <laughs> it does still seem a little steep. I guess I would probably, uh, probably think the you know, the take the Titans and the points or however you say it, but like I could see why the Titans I, look I, particularly I, bad I, and the Bills I think look for particularly me, good. If, I think for me, I'm still taking those 10 points. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, last game, uh, we have our uh, traditional Monday nights uh, doubleheader. In week two, instead of week one, we have uh, Vikings-Eagles, which just looking at these games on paper, that's maybe second to Chargers-Chiefs this week. I don't know if what you're, if you're seeing anything else, but I think that's going to be a fun game. And I get, again, I think we're going to learn a lot about those two teams, especially the Eagles, I think. I, I wouldn't discount the Dolphins Ravens game as being pretty good. Dolphins Ravens should be good, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's like one, two, and three. Order them however you want. Well, Chargers Chiefs is number one, but like yeah. I guess the second best game could be you could pick either the Vikings Eagles or the Dolphins Ravens, and I wouldn't argue either one. the The Dolphin or the Vikings Eagles game, I like. Because it's, I think this will have playoff implications later with the Vikings and the Eagles. Probably both. Like we might see this matchup later on. Like if the Vikings can get into a wild card and the Eagles make that win that division, we could see them play. Probably in Philly again. Yeah, I mean, if the Eagles do win the division, it'd probably be in Philly. So. Yeah, I, again, I think we're going to learn a lot about those two teams. I think that's going to be some fun. Um, anything else we got to wrap up for the NFL? No, that sounds like a good uh, a good slice of week two. Uh, anything else we're watching for next week? 
yeah, we got a couple notes. Uh, the Brewers probably have their most consequential week of the season left. They've got two against the Cardinals, and then both the Yankees and Mets come into Milwaukee. I believe – I know the Yankees come in. I think the Mets come to the Milwaukee too. But that's their – if they if they can come out of this week two games back of the wild card, I'll feel a lot better about it. But this is the week that could be the nail in the coffin if they don't play good. Yeah, yeah, they need to get through this stretch at least five hundred. But we we can we can uh, take a look at that when we come back together next week and see where they're at. Yep. Um, and then couple uh, big college games. We got uh, Penn State going to Auburn. And then the aforementioned uh, Texas A&M uh, Miami game. A uh, couple of the standouts for the week. Uh, Badgers have New Mexico. Again, on paper, that shouldn't be a problem, but <laughs> we shall see. Um, that's all I've got for us. We got, we're got we still about a month out from the NBA season starting up. Uh, football's in full swing. Baseball's wrapping down. And yeah, so it's going to be a lot of football from here on out until our basketball season starts. So yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Wally, and it's been a pleasure talking to all of you. Please follow us on Twitter at PI Talk Sports or email us at Paul and I Talking Sports at Gmail because we still rock that Gmail. We love you. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night, guys. Enjoy your football this week.